0: What's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Super pumped to be talking about the fallacious self. We have Dr. Jurgen Kramer joining us on the show. Hi, Jurgen. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. What a cool lineage we've had recently with yes. interviewing Charles Eisenstein, then him recommending Bio Komalafe, and then you coming with the Bio. <laughs> <laughs> to the studio for the, his interview and then now we have you on the show yeah. I love it thanks so much it's wonderful it's yeah. a beautiful lineage that now yeah. we get to ex- express together and create together through yeah. for those who don't know Jurgen's background He's an author and professor of behavioral sciences at Santa Rosa Junior College, where he's focused on abnormal and general psychology, as well as transformations of consciousness. And you can find his link in the bio below. Jurgen, the very similar question that we had to start our shows off with Charles and also with bio about, and most recently with so many of our guests on this topic. We find ourselves here embedded in this creation. Why are we here? What is the purpose of this?
1: Well, the answer that I grew up with is self-actualization. To bring ourselves fully to life, to integrate ourselves. Um, I think another version of this, which I think comes out of the Sufi tradition is so that god or goddess may know herself and understand herself and experience herself fully so the more we integrate the more we experience ourselves including our divine and spiritual aspects which i don't see as separate from our emotional and material Mm. and all of that so that would be my short answer I love Um, that.
0: Yeah. Brilliant articulation. Yeah. Yeah. Self-actualization of creation. That's
1: Maslow and Carl Rogers and others talk about this in the humanistic existential uh, tradition. So that means when we do therapy that we deal with the obstacles, the diversions that keep us from actually bringing forth uh, our gifts or our medicines, as it were, what we have been gifted with and actualizing that.
0: So each of us also as nerve endings of creation expressing itself and self-actualizing have unique gifts to bring Mm -hmm. forth into Mm -hmm. creation. Mm -hmm. And that it is then up to our social fabric as we're going to get into, it's up to It's not just I'm here in this body and that's it. It is I'm embedded in a culture. I'm embedded in a planetary, you even call biospheric Mm. psychology. Mm. So this is so deeply interconnected so that as the social fabric can get more and more stronger at helping us express ourselves as those nerve endings of creation and bring our gifts forward. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is where the fallacious self comes in because the term really refers to that the way in our current times and modernity, and even to extent in post and modernity understand ourselves is that we are separate from all these things that you've just listed, that we've taken ourselves out of it. And it's like, we are all in control and it's just us. <laughs> so there's a whole amnesia uh, that's happening where these interconnections both with culture but with the biosphere um, are they're still there but they're not in our awareness they're not part of our lives so part of uh, if we want to so we are performing a fallacious self Or what i like to call normative dissociation we're split off we're split off from all these sources that could feed us whether that's uh, nature whether that's integrated uh, integrative states of consciousness alterations of consciousness whether that's community um the holistic medicines yeah Yeah. all, Mm -hmm. all of that and so healing ourselves from this pathology mm. really means remembering where we're coming from so you spiritual
0: know, amnesia
1: it's 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 spiritual amnesia it's social amnesia it's cultural amnesia it's an amnesia in our scientific paradigm um it's a big pathology and when we talked earlier you know you mentioned uh uh you reminded me of the einstein quote you know where where einstein talks about in this letter about the delusion of separateness yeah and that in so many ways is foundational you know and one of the things that i don't believe in i actually believe in very very few things um but one of the things i don't believe in is monocausal explanations Mm, everything's multivariate we are you know we are complex we're complicated and we have many more variables than we can even possibly control, but also we can possibly uh, understand. So when I say normative dis- dissociation, I mean, I think that's a big explanation in there, but it's not the only explanation. And, you know, the other people who have recently had conversations here, Chris Ryan and Bayou Akumalafe yeah. and Charles Eisenstein, you know, they illuminate kind of the same topics from slightly different angles and have slightly different explanations. And part of it is we're trying to language something that actually is difficult to language. That's not that, you know, it's actually easier to experience or intuit than to language. It's much easier to express in imagery. Rather than mm. in, in words.
0: It's in it's easier to feel the interconnectedness or to express it maybe in imagery, video, these types of things, than it is to try and ascribe words to the interconnectedness yeah. of yeah. all.
1: Yeah.
0: Damn, yeah, even... Mm, interesting, just that word, I think, interconnectedness, does a pretty good job, but... Yeah.
1: Well, I actually, um, you know, I started to think about this interconnectedness, uh, entanglement, mm-hmm. you know. And probably my most preferred term, I mean, they're all okay, but my most preferred term is intimacy. Um, <laughs> okay. Being intimate with the world. Yeah. And we've really disconnected ourselves. Our norm is that the way we look at ourselves in our individualistic society is that we are disconnected from the sources that can nurture us and that can inspire us you know again you know, yeah. nature whether we go into meditation or uh, whatever we do yeah. whether we listen to the waves uh, all these things uh, that are can feed us
0: yeah i i really um uh deeply admire that um the intimacy uh we, we just yesterday were uh, unpacking this with Ori on the show as well, where um, Ori was um, talking about it um, um, in, a, in a devotion at even the smallest level. Mm-hmm. Devotion to the water that is being sipped, that it sustains us. Devotion to that bite of food. Devotion to the <sighs> breath of air. Mm-hmm. Devotion to that deep of interconnectedness right that's life-changing
1: that is and then there is that side which is kind of the spiritual religious side and then the, there is the other side that's a very practical side which relates to sustainability and, and and those issues because we are no longer intimate with the environment we don't understand the environment we try to control it we abuse it for profit we turn everything into data and profit and all of that, and so having that intimacy can actually, okay. you know, teach us how we could be sustainable. So in that sense, um, I would say everybody needs to become black, everybody needs to become indigenous, everybody needs to become red or whatever mm-hmm. metaphor you want to you want to use, and remember um, that that's actually. A capacity that we have—it's a capacity that, since the Renaissance, with the rise of modernity, we have forgotten.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And part of that is we are so left-brain oriented that we've created this uh, hall of mirrors, as Ian McGilchrist mm-hmm. would say, that we're now caught in. It's—it's it's a prison, mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. the way is out. Um, you know. Bio always looks for the cracks, the mm-hmm. cracks, where are the cracks, you know, mm-hmm. um, is, of course, uh, you know, what our right hemisphere does, what our dreams do, what happens in meditation. Um, all these things can help us, you know, artistic uh, creativity, all of that can help us get out of this prison. But the prison is so highly valued. <laughs> <laughs> and is so uh predominant because it's all entangled with profit and how we make a living yeah you know and so when i talk about fallacious self you know it's an epistemology it's an ontology it's an ethic uh, that is um you know fallacious that we perform every day our society yeah. pushes us to perform in that way and it's difficult to step out of that and remember who we are and what our capacities are and that we all yeah. have indigenous roots
0: yes yes wow so this um hall of mirrors that has been built um is in a sense the exact uh evolutionary trajectory that is going to make it so that we truly learn the realness of the interconnectedness the realness of the love our uh, our ability to swing back from these depths of disconnectedness and, um, and deep immersion into the the self is what's going to enable us to really feel the deep interconnectedness there's a couple other things i just want to quickly also mention which was that you give this example of, of, in a sense to me, it feels like this big board game, and it's a big board game of monopoly, of risk that has just been developed. And that when a child is born into the world, the first thing, again, we, I've been talking about this on the show, is that there's immediate trauma in the sense of being told that you are separate. The parents aren't in the community and social fabric is not saying you are interconnected with everything from the moment that you're coming, that you're coming in here. And because of that, that's when this first bit of separation starts. Then the West had this whole thing with the self, the individualism, which has been incredible in many ways and also has been disconnecting in other ways. And to be able to find these basic, indigenous principles of all coming from the same source and us being able to uh, be able to grasp that, the deepest parts of that ethos and bring that into our modernity and figure out how to maximize prosperity with those ethos is one of the most important things. Where is the exit door? I always ask that question. There is no exit door anymore. It, what used to be living on land and being deeply interconnected Mm -hmm. with that land and with each other in the tribal days and the inclusive fitness days has become rampant self-dealing and lack of inclusive stakeholding with the environment and with each other. And here we have this big fat board game that you're born into. You're immediately, do you have a house? No, you don't. Well, guess what? Now you are gonna be paying $1,000 a month in rent. In the, what do you I'm immediately burdened with needing to go and make you see this is the cycle and mm-hmm. so we just we're so deeply embedded within it when to snap out of this yeah, yeah. requires the experiential feelings of of non separation
1: yes it does and um you know f- for for me the contrast is really um indigenous societies uh at their core you know and it's it's always hard to generalize and um i also really just want to say that you know indigenous societies also do have flaws but they have an insight and an intuition yeah in their performance of knowledge and living Um, you know they perform knowledge they embody uh, Mm. knowledge that we can learn from and you know we've made this separation this dissociation because we've said well they're primitive and racist science comes in there you know it um, enabled colonization as well was part of the process of colonization um and all of that so um what is different about the performance of um indigenous knowing And it's really not just a knowing, it's a knowing being. I kind of at times put these two words together, which sort of makes it a little Heideggerian for better or worse. Um, But, uh, you know, like when I, last summer I was in Hopi and I had the opportunity to observe a kachina dance, which is, you know, one of their most sacred ceremonies. So cool. It is about, you know, It is not purposive in the same sense that Mm. we understand purpose Mm. you know because our purpose is always it's it's control it's um you know maximize profit it's that we we have that linearity right and this is working with all the forces the beings the presences the land the history all of that together in this performance and as a way of balancing so yeah. I talked about you know self-actualization earlier uh, you know part of that is that we balance ourselves and mm. part of uh, the struggle with languaging these things is so often especially in English we have to use a noun when in fact we should use a verb mm, because us these are all yeah. those processes you know it's mm-hmm. not you find balance right when somebody who walks on a tightrope finds balance (laughs) and stops moving he or she is going to fall off the tightrope right so it's a continuous process Mm. to you know it's it's ongoing and it's never assured
0: it's ongoing Mm. work is that the ebb and flow
1: um I'm not sure what you have in mind when you say ebb and flow but but it's like we we're we're, we're never perfect right and situations change mm-hmm, right and we make mm-hmm. mistakes right but also the seasons change or uh, animals mm-hmm. migrate or somebody does something stupid right and so we always need to be in this process of of, of balancing balancing ourselves inside mm. the world around us and actually Intimately Intimately intimate. intimate. Yeah, that's I like that Exactly, you took and the that's word w- out of my mouth And yes. that's
0: what you were describing with the indigenous ceremony that was happening It was a deep balance of right. themselves with all other things that they're interconnected right. to Right,
1: and you know, you have the sense when you go to some of these ceremonies that, you know, they have been done for hundreds of years in one form or another and there is this ancient memory now all of us mm. whether Armenian or mm-hmm. German or whatever we are somewhere in our history had that you know and you know, yeah. Carl Gustav Jung talks about it in terms of uh, the collective unconscious those deep 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 memories yeah we all carry that and yeah. we, we have just trained our brains not to go there it's Maybe. not that we cannot go there but we've trained ourselves our educational system all of that trains us not mm, to go mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. which is why we have this tremendous spiritual hunger which is a little bit different for a need for religion by spiritual hunger i mean experience you know direct encounters with something that is larger divine luminous yes. whatever you want to call that and you know that's why they is again a resurgence of the use of uh, entheogens mm-hmm. and the trances meditation in that interest because um you know we're trying to look for these yeah. states that actually help us with integration
0: i i also um loved how you're mentioning this this something that's so deep within us that we're going on this quest to find This deep interconnectedness, this deep intimacy that we have with each other, with creation, with why we're all here. And I think one of the reasons why, like you were mentioning, dance is something that is Mm -hmm. so primordially uh, with us. Um, I think why so many people in today's day love going out and partying and dancing and the electronic music festivals and stuff like that. It does kind of take us to that primordial collective dancing right. environment. Well,
1: you know, look at the Grateful Dead concerts, yeah. you know, I mean, they're probably maybe the prime example <laughs> with rock music where, where you have this, you know, and where this, this need, you know, the thing is we can be denied in denial about it, but the need doesn't go away. <laughs> you know, and the thing is we're still entangled. Yeah. We're still interrelated. Uh, the question is, are we conscious of it? And are we engaging with it? And are we making that part of our performance of who we are, part of our embodiment? And so that's for me, where, for me, these, this kachina dance is so beautiful because you see it there. You know, and it's also, there's a lot of gift-giving. It's, um, you know, it's communal um there are other ceremonies there for individuals but this is a communal uh, ceremony and celebration and so that is a shift in in consciousness
0: yeah and there's so many other of these uh principles that uh and these main pillars of ethos from our most uh ancestral days that can be uh properly embodied in our modern day society that will help ensure a brighter future for us all um okay we mentioned a couple of these things along the way already the <laughs> recovery of this indigenous mind uh-huh. um the optical delusion of separateness let me say something yes. about
1: start with the first term okay. here so uh, you know one thing is we all have that potential that has never gone away for white folks like me we need to deal with a history of well how come we are in this place how mm-hmm. did we get here yeah right there are indigenous peoples all over the globe who have continued their practice of presence of engaging of being nurtured by everything around and nurturing what is around them and that's kind of an andean uh philosophy how come yeah. we are disconnected so that's the shadow of racism colonialism and all of that how come i'm in the position as i was growing up that i wasn't participating in that right that i wasn't trained in that awareness and that all my schooling didn't mention any of that you know and the dealing with the shadow which is hard which Mm -hmm. is always hard to to go there uh it's 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 never fun (laughs) Uh, as as the Jungians say there's gold there yeah there's gold there yes and only if we honestly look at that yes and then uh transformation can start to happen so recovery of indigenous mind you can't do a spiritual shortcut Mm-hmm. And say oh let me just talk to the gods this is my afternoon i'll talk to the gods right this is well how come i'm in this position that i have not nurtured these connections most of my life right how come yeah and once you've answered that question you become grounded and with that grounding there's a lot of pain and you know because it's a trauma it's a cultural trauma so there's there's pain there's sadness about you know how come i'm in this isolated individualistic sense of self rather than into in an interconnected grounded self that i could uh perform
0: so the the question is then what were the reasons why we ended up at this place what caused us to get to this place and then to look back at that honestly find the gold in the shadow uh, and also I love your way of talking about nurturing and nurturing with the environment around you and not just this idea of just my child no it's the entire environment around you
1: so how come we ended up here So, think opioids think addiction think um, you may have seen the movie uh, the gods are crazy, must be crazy, mm. whatever the movie title is, where the mm. Coke bottle drops from the sky, mm. right? And it gets the whole competitive game going, right? <sighs> Leslie Marmon Silko, in her powerful novel Ceremony has a scene that is really central to the book where these witches meet and they're doing a witch's competition. Who has the greatest power? Who has the most powerful medicines? And they all pull out their whatever, toad skins and this, that, cut of fingers and whatever they had, bats and stuff. And then at the end, one witch speaks up and say, all I have is a story. And the story she tells is the story basically of Western progress. Huh. And she tells the story. Of how people come across the ocean, etc., 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 and the other witches say, We don't like that story. And the storyteller witch says, It's too late, the story is loose. Mm. So there's something addictive wow. about wow. the story. Uh. And uh, there's a psychologist by the name of Phil Cushman, he has analyzed this, and I think he has just really hit it on the head there um he talks about when specifically for this country when people came to this country the settlers uh the colonizers they left something behind that they were trying to get away from either persecution or poverty or whatever it was so most of them didn't want to have anything to do uh with where they came from So they didn't bring a tradition now there were two other things here there were native american traditions well they couldn't really go there because they were all primitive right they were backwards right they didn't understand the world they didn't believe in god they were not christians right Mm -hmm. and then we have the other trauma which is the slave trade Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so these are part of the forces so out of that comes an empty self right because that's not held that doesn't have a story that doesn't have a story about the interconnection Mm -hmm. because part of how we hold interconnection is we have stories about it yes because one of the most beautiful things about the human mind is well we can all observe what's around it whether it's the redwoods the whatever is here right but then we also have an imagination we Mm -hmm. make a story about Mm -hmm. it right Mm -hmm. and the people over the hill may take tell a somewhat different story a slightly Mm -hmm. different story Mm -hmm. right so they had an empty self well how do you fill the empty self you consume you you consume. you shop You shop.
0: Uh That's one of many addictions to pornography or addictions to food. Because you have an
1: emptiness that you cannot fill. Addictions to
0: shopping, to consumerism, conspicuous consumerism. So you also have to flaunt it around to other people that you have this.
1: And it never satisfies the deepest need for grounding of the self the interconnection of the self it just deals with the symptoms uh with the surface the surface so it's like any addiction you need more and you need more and you need more and you need more and so we're in an addictive pathological paradigm
0: that's a very profound way to synthesize it i absolutely agree and an addictive pathological paradigm where it's um so far into the separate self that it has now become um so visibly uh, transparently cancerous there's no more hiding anymore the awakening is pushing from all different aspects From the media from the government from health and wellness from family from just deep consciousness from indigenous principles there's just no more trying to find some sneaky way to keep the monopolistic system running in the same old archaic machinery that it's been running in
1: well that's you saying it which is beautiful but i think there are a lot of people who are not seeing it or not feeling it right because part of the nature of dissociation is that you forget
0: that you or don't that also feel have it. economic uh, incentive to of keep course. it going yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. and we, then shattering those incumbents is Critical um, and progressing into the new world. Yes, you were saying. Right.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, you know, one interpretation of uh, Donald Trump as uh, president from a psychological perspective is that he really brings the shadow out, and that this uh, is a time where we have a choice of really dealing with the shadow material that this society has not dealt with, the shadow of uh, the history of uh, racism, et cetera, et cetera, inequality, what have you, right? And he makes that so visible that even when you're in denial, it gets harder and harder to be in denial. You know, you have an ideology that denies and says, oh, no, this is all fine. The taxes, tax uh, code changes are for you. Right. Um, But then, you know, eventually that that breaks down. So I think we are in that sense in a critical period, you know, uh, all these terms like evolution or Mm. uh, any of that, I think are problematic in the sense that it, it suggests an inevitable linearity you know and i'm not saying that there hasn't been evolution of course there has been uh mm-hmm. evolution but our evolution as a human species uh i think it's up for grabs whether we're going to make it or not whether mm-hmm. we actually are going to wake up and whether we actually whatever it is that we are learning now or that we could be learning now
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether we actually realize what that is yeah and um it's up for grabs it it is up for grabs and it's and i think uh, you know part of this for me i'm an educator so when i see what education does well education initiates you exactly into that dissociative self yup right? yep. and part of uh, you know there's a, a powerful a uh, book called the hacking of the american mind mm. By by Lustig, he's at um, UCSF. We had him
0: on the we had him on the show. Oh, great! We love Rob Lustig. Yeah, 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 he's great. Yeah,
1: but you see there how this dissociation goes down to the level of our neurotransmitters. Yeah, right. Yeah, where we become these uh, dopamine monkeys, robots, yeah. monkeys, yes. addicts, uh, yes. whatever. Yes, and that stops us. Right, so. Uh, actually, the way I'm going to change teaching introduction to psychology is I'm going to start out with what's the psychological challenge for you? What is it that you need to learn? And this kind of awareness is something that everybody desperately needs. Yeah. And so yes. um, and that's a big addiction. That's a, yeah. you know, that's a lot of people. And we all love our technology. And part of the challenge is really you know there's nothing wrong with technology per se it's the profit motive that distorts it and are will we actually be able to use these tools as tools right and not as our part of our identity right where we can say yeah Mm. an iPhone is kind of like a hammer is kind of like whatever a bicycle that gets us from here to there or horse or whatever Mm -hmm. horse is not a tool but you know Mm -hmm. something that we uh can use but that you know is not our identity right and when we don't have it we don't um break down my my daughter goes to a summer camper for four weeks no screens boom and yeah. you know, you can imagine for a fourteen-year-old, you know, and she loves it, you know. And actually, this time when when we got back, she was complaining how hard it was to get back into the screen mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. demanding it
0: was. You're demanding it is. Yeah, yeah it
1: was difficult to stay away
0: because yes. everybody
1: was leaving camp. So she wanted to stay in touch with her friends, right?
0: Yeah. How do you do that now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> um,
0: I wanna I wanna play on. This point when we talk about the, the the new world this next world that we're going to and what are some of the existing technologies we've listed some of them we have the psychedelics the entheogens the meditation we have other experiences of of non-separation of interconnectedness that are starting to also be administered through other biotech and neurotech virtual reality augmented reality experiences that help awaken people to that deep interconnectedness We have decentralization technologies and cryptocurrencies that are literally that have in the actual uh, protocol themselves of how it actually functions is an interconnected system and not a centralized uh, system. The cannabis and hemp market, there's all these different new uh, up and coming ways for us to be able to bring forth technologies that help us build the new world and democratize the fruits that come from the prosperities across the plane to people and not concentrate it in just the one percent
1: right and i think that's uh you know possibly those are all opportunities i want to say two things about that um that came to mind as you were talking one is um the the hopi and other pueblo people they have what's called emergence stories mm. so they emerge into one world and then they live there and then they fall out of balance you know s- things don't work out because they don't follow what usually is called the original instructions you know how to be in balance basically so those who were still in balance they escape to the next world right and on and on so the question is will we be able to do this with balance right and um, I think if we're not um, self-actualization uh, self-actualizing in an interconnected uh, manner way yeah. where our self doesn't have these um thick boundaries but it's really sort of more osmotic and where uh you know the sources that can feed us can actually reach us you know whether it's uh the clouds or whether it's other people what what whatever it is so that's one thing i want to say then the other thing is which is um uh, you know, I love
0: that vision. The osmotic um, vision is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, though the,
1: other, the um, other thing. The the other part is, I think we are in the process, and I don't know where this process will go. Um, I don't know if there will be a new world. Mm. Uh, maybe there will be a new world. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we're building it. We're, we got this. We're, we're, we're <laughs> we got this right. <laughs>
1: um, but we are, you know, in what you described is basically we are externalizing our interconnections right Mm -hmm. so rather than using our psyches to interconnect we're using the technology to interconnect right Mm -hmm. so and um and is that going to work out or not or is that another stage in dissociation Or Mm. are we going to be able to utilize these tremendous uh, technological powers really for our benefit as a tool, right? And, you know, my basic contention would be if we find ways to ground ourselves and then do this, I think there's a possibility that we're going to be fine. But if we, because this is so enmeshed with um you know profit and all of that um then we dissociate more and separate ourselves more yeah from yeah. source That's and you know it's yeah. it's so ambivalent right uh, i mean like facebook right i feel totally mm-hmm. ambivalent about facebook because on the one hand it allows for interconnection. Interconnection. And mm-hmm. then there's Which is their main
0: pitch, which is so which interesting. Which is their main
1: pitch. And
0: connect then, the world. It's, it's the main right, pitch. And right, right. the Googles was do no evil, right? These main pitches. And right. then the way that somehow there's also something deeper that is also a little bit darker that emerges right. that needs to be addressed.
1: Well, and a lot of that has to do with quantification, data, and profit, right? And if we, yeah. um, and that's, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard or uh, read uh, Jeremy Lanier, you mm-hmm. know, who says we're, we're in the wrong model here. Yeah, you know, completely the it's, wrong it's model. It's not that yeah. the yeah. technology or the ideas are wrong, but the way it is financed, the way yes. it works, yes. that is what's creating the pathologies. Yeah and we need to find a way to overcome that and right now with all the big companies i don't see any intention to overcome it right now clearly as you described at least we have people like mark
0: Mark benioff are doing is it seems like they're pushing for like when you're calling facebook like cigarettes right you're at least starting to draw attention a little bit more yes yeah that's that's interesting stuff yeah
1: yeah and i think that that's helpful because we need to have powerful metaphors that actually show what's going on here
0: yeah you know um these two that you bring up uh, they have this central essence to them which you've been again coming at over and over again um i really like it this um if if we're gonna move into the interconnected uh age that in order for us which we did uh, we were talking about with indigenous these immediate return hunter-gatherer style living Mm -hmm. is so immediate so interconnected that if we're gonna take our modern uh modernity into that interconnected age there's a there's a way to do it that that makes it so that people can feel like they have uh uh love that they have a deep of feelings of non-separation. And there's other ways to do it that are um, like you were just listing with these issues with that we're having right now with big tech. So what are the ways that we're moving into the, the interconnected era? Are we moving into them with this double edgedness with a, a technology like we were just describing with multiple ones? Or are we moving in with what we make as complete love and as complete interconnection and feelings of belonging, feelings of coming alive, us having a a stake in you bringing your gifts to the world.
1: Well, right now, as I'm sitting here, and as I'm interconnecting with you, I don't need any technology right? I mean, even though we're surrounded by technology and, Mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be broadcast via technology, et cetera, et cetera, but we can have a connection and we had a connection in our conversations before and all of that. Yeah. And if that's what's being facilitated, I think we can be all right. Mm -hmm. The addiction of technology so often separates us from that level of conversation and interconnection yeah. whether it's the reduction of vocabulary that happens with social media use twitter etc yeah. cetera, etc cetera, yeah, yeah. where introspection becomes uh, you know difficult yes um you know or you know we can think of other things that where as we grow up i mean i have students who they can't be without their phone in the classroom. And I say, yeah, put your phone in a place where you can't easily get to it. You know, don't just mm-hmm. turn it around, you know, put it like somewhere where you zip it into your backpack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there is that addiction, you know, which elastic uh, uh, talks about and others uh, mm-hmm. uh, talk about. Yeah. And I think that really distracts us from the love that you were talking about, Um, you know, the connection with erotic life force, with, you know, being alive and experiencing that. And I think, uh, you know, if we can see these things as tools, but also if we can see them as having a spirit of some form, then... Uh, yeah. we relate uh, differently. yeah. But, you know, spirit and profit don't go very well together except maybe in the new age.
0: <sighs> mm, there's that, right, that's such a crazy question right there. What would be um, a future where uh, those could somehow uh, harm... In some ways, it feels like even now uh, people that have made profit in some cases are um able to help uh increase the amount of spirit uh and uh and conscious evolution that occurs through what they've um been able to do yeah
1: this takes you know a profound ethic and you know this is what you know in the buddhist precepts you find you know their ethical assumptions and their of how you live your life and yeah. and actually at one point I I rewrote uh, the, the Buddhist you know the the basic precepts sort of as a way to be more inclusive of indigenous and uh, in some ways a little bit more contemporary mm-hmm. um, you know and so that you know that practice is really uh, really uh, important there so um i don't I'm not sure we need was, we have yeah. a couple
0: other um areas yeah. that we need to go to i want to um you know we talked about this as well this optical delusion of separate separation how it's basically this uh persistent phenomenon of the feeling of separation but it's a complete illusion it's a complete delusion um but it's, it's also
1: unconscious. the separation it's, is unconscious you see which means there's uh you know there there's unconscious suffering but the suffering is not in your face because you take the drug again right mm, mm. you know because so you stay unconscious
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. and how to hack into that by analyzing our why we do what we do analyzing our behaviors and our patterns um and then being able to intervene strategically uh to make ourselves more conscious um very important um we um you wrote an entire book on um ethno autobiography mm-hmm. um and you guys can find that book as well um on jurgen's page um autobiography really resonates deeply with me because there's some sort of a, um, uh, I, I just like seven years ago, I just couldn't stop wanting to write everything that I was learning down into my notes. And I wanted to continuously reflect on what I was learning in the world and why I was parsing for these profound things that were happening and then writing them in the notes. And now we're over 3000 note files that we have in, in Evernote and there's one for you and there's a bunch for Ori and there's a, a one for every single guest and there's one for all the different types of topics and all the different projects we're working on. And so it's just so interesting that that process has made me understand who I am better. I want you to speak about that because if we don't have some sort of reflective process that helps us understand who we are better, how else can we do that? We need to have some sort of a goal that we go for, that we know is our essence, our spirit, our gift, and that we want to go for that. And we know these little steps to take along the way to bring that forth into the world, to manifest it.
1: So one of the things I'm very careful with is using terms like essence, because I believe Mm. we are very much in process. Mm. So, what may appear as your essence today, if I ask you, (laughs) you know, what is Alan's essence, you would give me a sensible answer. In just a month,
0: it can change. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) And in a month, you know, maybe it doesn't change dramatically, (laughs) but it will be somewhat different. Fair. Right? Yes. So, uh, really, uh, whatever the truth, self, the uh, essence of who we are is really a moving target.
0: Essence is evolutionary.
1: Right. Right. And again, I, I, rather use process rather than evolutionary process, uh, you know, and it's part of this balancing process. I'm trying to get away from, uh, the, uh, progress model, which I think is part of our pathology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because when you see somebody, when you see a tightrope walker, uh, balancing herself, That's very beautiful when you see that and it's very extraordinary, right? So we don't need progress, right? When the Hopi balance themselves in a kachina dance, they don't need progress. Now, I don't mean to say that everything that we've done should be just thrown out, Mm -hmm. but we need to develop a different relationship to it.
0: Progress and balance.
1: Well, um that's closer uh that's closer i would just stick with balance sorry um yeah sound almost fundamentalist i don't mean to do that but also there's some sort of we have
0: we also have the this system that we have right in front of us that's enabling us to broadcast these messages because of progress at the same time but but conscious progress though of where did we source these materials how did we respect the process of our interconnectedness as we made this these are very important principles but
1: why do we need process progress because we lost our way yeah <laughs> so yeah. let me talk for okay. a minute about the the discipline of ethno yes okay because um you know, I think for anybody to keep a diary, to do that kind of self-inquiring, to write down our insights and all of that, is terribly important and useful because there's something that, when we, you know, work with our writing, whether it's with a computer or with by hand, um, you know, that's helpful. You know, it's a form of inquiry, it's a form of learning, it's a form of that facilitates transformation. Yes. Then there there are these different aspects of who we are, right? Because we live in a biosphere. Mm. We live in a world that you know may be more natural if we live out somewhere out, out outside of town, or we may be whatever in downtown San Francisco, or in Manhattan, or wherever we are. Well, that's an ecology too. That's um, that's a biosphere too that has an impact right Mm -hmm. we have our ethnosphere our culture and our culture has you know numerous subcultures right and we identify with different Mm subcultures you know whatever you are touching into the silicon valley subculture and whoever comes through here and that's a, a part of your culture and But that's not all of you right you're also part of some meditative spiritual Mm -hmm. questing culture right so all these so we're complex so there's that part then the other aspect is our spirituality or religiosity right and or our atheism or agnosticism Mm -hmm. you know but we need to find those answers to where are we from why are we here and where are we going these mm-hmm, yeah. uh, you know very fundamental questions there's no way around it yeah you know then who's our community you know and community again can mean human community but it can also mean our uh, our animals our plants they're also part of our community in the andes it's so beautiful when uh, the natives there talk about community that includes the mountains mm. and the llamas and uh, mm. you know everything that grows there the quinoa mm. what have you mm. um, so that's all community that's yeah. ah. all in a relationship right and you know those are uh, environments if you're not intimate with them you you'll perish right yeah. you and i would perish if we had to live in these hills for 2 weeks yeah right uh, because <laughs> yeah. we don't know where to find the food or how to catch the rabbits or whatever it is yes yeah, right. yes yeah. 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 so um, then there is you know the dealing with the shadow that that I mentioned earlier so so there there is a discipline in trying to reconstitute an indigenous process it's you know one of the things that's really hard for people of modernity is we like to fantasize about the plains indian you know and say oh these beautiful warriors etc etc right and we have these fantasies which have nothing to do with anybody native as we have a lot of fantasies about black people right they have nothing to do with who black people actually really are we we can't even see them right and so part of the work is to to cleanse our our lenses in that way mm. and to rip mm. the veil so that we can mm. actually see that we can see our history yeah and then we all have stories right now you know one one of the things when we talk about indigenous recovery of indigenous minds is it's not about going back because we can't go back we can't go back in history right we have to go forward But we have to go forward with the awareness of where we're coming from. In my ancestral culture, you know, there's, there's a well of of memories, one of the central images. And, but in order to take a step forward, you first have to take a step back and that enables you then to take the step forward. And for me, this is a tremendously powerful image. Yeah. Because i need to bring the past with me and as soon as i go into the denial about the past all of it i'm in trouble right Mm -hmm. because i'm not fully present and you know whether you go to the buddhist teachings about presence or indigenous uh, teachings about presence um you know when i don't do that i'm not i'm not fully present and that's the, the the discipline you know so Ethno autobiography means that I look at all these different, you know, gender, um, you know, all these different aspects of myself yeah. and do kind of a self inquiry, self examination. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. that I can start to be again in this osmotic relationship with the world
0: yes. around me.
1: And we always, you know, we are so categorical and abstract, right? and we kind of hate a certain level of fluidity because it's much harder to handle right i mean male and female that's easy right mm-hmm. but if there's more than male and female
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know people can't very often can't handle it and we're not educated to handle it and our society doesn't know how to handle intersex gender, uh, yeah. intersex mm-hmm. um you know yeah.
0: that which are actually scale. real biological things yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah.
1: real uh, uh, yeah. biological facts you know? and
0: i really i'm just so appreciative of your depth with uh ethno because you use you listed for several minutes all of these key influences that we have on who we are but when we don't do that deep amount of self-inquiry Uh, That dive that gives us a more well-rounded, interconnected picture of who we are and our lineages and all these other variables that impact who we are, then it makes it so that we are not as aware as we move forward in the world. And so it's it's a big challenge to our awareness is to do these exercises, these ethno-autobiographical exercises.
1: And one thing I haven't mentioned is dreams. You know, we talked earlier. I love my dream note. (laughs) I just
0: wake up and I I have to write it down before going back to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, because that's a natural integrative states of consciousness that we go through. Everybody goes through whether we remember our dreams or not. Right. And so much of the hunger for uh altered states and and theogens and all that desire is really you know because in those states what happens uh you know when we uh go into a trance or when uh, somebody uh takes acid or whatever it is right there is a synchronization that happens between the hemispheres but also a synchronization with the older parts of our brain Mm. and part of you know the left brain dominance is a disconnection from imagery which is why movies are so powerful right because yeah. they speak to the other parts of ourselves mm. right because you know, the verbiage in movies is you know certainly important but it's really the imagery yes uh, you know that dream you know Hollywood as the dream factory you know that that really uh mm-hmm. entices us I had this funny image yesterday or the day before. I don't know, did you... um, Which one was it? Did you see the movie Jojo Rabbit? I don't think so. Well, you should go watch it.
0: Jojo Rabbit, okay. Yes,
1: and it's about... Have you, Ori? I
0: have not.
1: It's about this kid uh, in Germany who has an imaginary playmate. The imaginary playmate is Hitler. Whoa. So that easily could go down the drain, right? But it's done right. Now, I was imagining a part of what happens is because Hitler is so uh, over the top, right? Because it's also a comedy, right? It becomes so apparent how insane Hitler is, mm. and how insane the whole system was. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine somebody with modernity as an imaginary playmate and mm. uh mm-hmm. what, what is the actor uh, director and actor white tt waikiki i think mm-hmm. from uh, maori mm. uh playing modernity over the top
0: mm. yes 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 and that's making good. it so I like obvious that comedy yeah that's great uh,
1: making it so obvious in this caricature. yes yes what is wrong with it
0: Yes, right. I, I also have deeply uh, started creating artistic expressions um, of this in image and video where it's things like the these indigenous uh, dances like you were describing earlier. And right next to them are like a, like a U.S. and a Chinese programmer on their laptops, and they're um, both uh coding super intelligence or artificial intelligence, general intelligence, and they're telling the indigenous people, You will you quiet down so we can focus? You know, and so just like these types (laughs) of memes and um and real and just ways for people to kind of like juxtapose um such profoundly different roots and modernity. Yeah, and that's so awakening. I I I really like that and you can make it comedic um, right, in awakening right. I like that a yeah, lot yeah. I'm a really I'm a huge um, advocate of creating um, multimedia content that oh, is around oh, these yes, styles of yes. awakening yeah and that's
1: part of what I've done as as artists because that's, there's the whole other side of me where you know, I know and then have time to paint but I love creating multimedia shows yeah, and yeah. where you know the imagery and the sound uh, you know, really shift people and shift people's awareness yes. and allow um, for for insight.
0: Yes, yeah. we have uh, we have we have so much more to still talk about. Let's begin on our um, abnormal psychology okay. um, section. Um, this uh, I, I, we'll let, I want you to take it off, but I'm just ridiculously um, uh, I want to I want to approach it from this perspective where um we're we're giving this example that we were just in with these roots and modernity, and modernity has in many ways created some of the main issues that we have with our psychology and our mental health and wellness. Right, and then furthermore is that there are these these collective hallucinations that we have we've created hyper realities where we say that this money has a certain amount of value and that's something that we all agree on and that santa claus comes down your chimney and eats the cookies and gives you presents it's a complete hyper reality that is embedded now in people's lives from childhood and so when we talk about things like abnormal psychology or schizophrenia being able to Uh, see maybe different realities simultaneously and question what is actually real. Um, When I see money, I see a hallucinated money, but I also see the way that money is a real thing in the world. And so how do you feel about abnormal psychology and schizophrenia? Where do you take things off?
1: Well, I'm, I'm tempted to start out with a story about Santa Claus. And <laughs> okay, we're, great. daring enough to to mention Santa Claus. Let's do it. Um, uh, do you want to hear the truth about Santa Claus? Yes. Uh, yes. So, um, and when I was growing up, on our Christmas tree, there were always fly agaric. What's that? It's a hallucinogenic mushroom. Oh. And then I went and spent time with the Sami people up in the Arctic, which is where Santa Claus, or one of Santa <laughs> Claus's <laughs> home is, this, right? <laughs> so there's Santa Claus. In this land, there are reindeer. And right in front of the reindeer are uh, mm. the fly agaric. Mm, no right? And okay, part wow. of it is, okay. if you don't treat fly agaric right, you die, right? Okay, yes. Okay. But... Reindeer don't, mm. so reindeer mm. get high without dying, right? So uh, the the way to do it is you get a reindeer to eat the fly agaric, and then you eat the reindeer urine. But anyway,
0: wow. when Santa
1: Claus was flying, yeah, yeah, he was flying on a hallucinogen. Oh originally. my gosh! So what? So there's what a story. So
0: okay, okay. But you mm-hmm. wanted to know about abnormal psychology, Let's do it. Yeah. so um, uh,
1: the first thing I want to say I don't like the term abnormal psychology
0: mm-hmm.
1: or mental illness, any of these terms, because what we are really talking about is that individuals are severely suffering. So I call it severe psychological suffering, which is very awkward, and I wish I had a shorter way of saying it. Yeah, but.
0: XXX, I want to <laughs> or true.
1: <laughs> it's conscious P. Oops. SPS
0: severe SPS, psychological yeah.
1: suffering. So uh, to acknowledge really the terms are really important the yep. humanity in it um, because so much of diagnosing is stigmatizing. Now the first profound issue that you raised was really um, uh, kind of where we started, which is our social or cultural pathology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, Eric Fromm, a famous uh, psychoanalyst who was involved with critical theory, he had this measure that really the question is not, can the crazy person adjust to society? (laughs) But to what extent does society actually serve us Mm -hmm. and prevent craziness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Yeah. Yeah. to what extent is society actually built for humans right yeah and a lot of what we've talked about was really about well at this moment society is not really built for that and we need to change it and yeah. you know you keep talking about awakening and evolution right the hope that that shifts yeah right so um <coughs> so part of that is you know and when einstein talked about delusion right well that's a cultural pathology and delusion well if you're schizophrenic then you have delusions or you know that's one of the things one of the symptoms right and so we are living in a delusional universe according to Mm. albert einstein's uh, uh, diagnosis so there are these social pathologies now i think Part of what we're struggling with and I think why why there is this pressure for uh, change is that we are now seeing an increasing number of symptoms uh that indicate this normative dissociation yeah johan Hari talks for example about depression well you know if i put you into a little cubicle yes and it's between you and the computer and you do that for eight hours a day yeah and you have very little control over what you're doing it is not surprising that you would get depressed yeah right so when i talked earlier about ethno autobiography and our osmotic self and finding or recovering these interconnections, that's also a remedy for depression,
0: right? Yes. Because
1: we enter yes. into a nurturing conversation with all the things around us. So, but
0: severe psychological suffering can actually be remedied by deep feelings of non separation and interconnectedness and belonging yes. and bringing your gifts into the world.
1: Yes. 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 And I'm not, you know, I'm not. Um, saying they're also uh biochemical equivalents etc et, cetera, et cetera, yes, right yes of course. yes yes um so and i think um, f- we haven't talked about this but you know my model is non-reductionistic so i i see you know when when you eat it impacts your neurochemistry yes, right yes. when you have thought it impacts your neurochemistry. So if you continue giving yourself negative thoughts, it also impacts your brain patterns and your feelings, uh, etc. On the reverse, if you take a certain drug, then it also impacts your thought patterns, right? And they mirror each other, they interact, and they're in these complex feedback loops, which are really these in my imagination, these complex quantum equations of probabilities. And these equations are very long and they can be impacted at various points. Right. So when a depressed person actually gets reconnected with what feeds us, ooh, then, you know, the person will in all probability feel better. Yeah. Right. So when we go feel into the, alive, feel alive, right? So yeah. the biomedical model has only one answer. You're depressed. You have severe depression. Here's, Here's a pharmaceutical. A depression. You take a pharmaceutical and that's the only way to deal with it, right? Now, there are many people who've done otherwise and successfully uh, dealt with. And so what that kind of analysis cuts out is that actually depression Is not just an individual problem it's certainly individual suffering but it's a social issue as is much of when we talk about whatever ptsd etc etc there are many issues that we can talk about that have a very strong
0: social uh, component i Just like Phil Borges was on our show, too, and he went so deep into understanding how indigenous we're talking about this over and over again, how this deep interconnected wisdom people had seance. People had deep mystical experiences uh, uh, and that there's ways to actually be able to uh, see that today as profoundly fascinating and needing to be studied more. Mm -hmm. rather than just saying that this is some craziness and that let's brush it off and get past it these are profound experiences that need to be studied more and understood more what is going on with the person when they're feeling something experiencing something channeling something that is not necessarily of this physical world that's beautiful
1: right and uh in our society uh for many people there's no place to go and they start feeling crazy yes jerome bernstein who is a jungian analyst in santa fe he has this beautiful term borderlanders and those are people who are particularly sensitive to what for example what goes on in the environment and they feel they don't just recognize and understand they feel the pain of the environmental they feel they
0: feel the trees being deforested the oceans being acidified this is very interesting borderlanders
1: borderlanders is the term and so they, they are um you know most diagnostic categories are totally individualistic just focused on the on the individual there are very few when we talk about cultural stress and a few other things that sort of reach out into what is around the individuals and you know borderlanders? The the way he talks about it is is one of the ways. Yes, and I think it's yes. really important to understand severe psychological suffering. Um, you know also in the social uh, oh, context. Oh, interesting.
0: Here's maybe may an interesting point of clarification that um, severe psychological suffering, uh, let's say SPS, uh, would work with uh, something like a depression, like we were listing earlier, but it actually doesn't work with um, what we were just talking about, which is uh, a borderlander. A so borderlanders is maybe more of like an abnormal. Um, so no, a borderlander needs the support of a person,
1: of a compatriot or a friend or a medicine person or a shaman or a spiritual person healer of some sort who can understand what they're feeling yes and help them yes to express what they're seeing and exactly. maybe take yes. it into yes. action uh and
0: we need this we assure them that helps this them is that. not
1: crazy actually what you're yes. picking up yes. on is something that is happening Poor, real. real.
0: So, okay. So then actually, rather than saying that that is abnormal, so that is actually normal. That is actually deep mm-hmm. interconnected feelings. Right. And we are abnormal when we don't feel that. Right. Okay. So, so this is the better way to clarify. And, and severe psychological suffering is something yes. like a depression. Um, yes. So normal a biospheric psychology when you're actually deeply immersed in non-separation is when you can feel stuff like that and we need better support networks for borderlanders and stuff like this. And we need more people to move from the abnormal uh, in the modernity, in the metropolises into states of interconnectedness. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Into normal, interconnected psychology. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and the addiction to uh, whatever consumerism, etc., you know, sort of creates a buffer where we don't experience the loss, right? Where we can just sort of continue yeah. on doing what we always have done, you know? And our educational system doesn't do anything to um, prevent that, right? To give students the capacity to go inside and to go into the interconnection and um, nurture uh, themselves, which is one of the great failures of our educational system. Agreed, yes. Yeah, so, you know, and, and there are many things that are going well, but we need to complement it. You know, that, that, that's uh, really uh, the major point there, yeah.
0: What do you think is the future of mythology?
1: <laughs> mythology, the way I understand it, uh, are stories that come out of integrative states of consciousness, of profound experiences, profound encounters with uh, spiritual realities, altered states, etc., etc, that are being brought back by the people who've experienced that, and for some reason, there's something in these stories that are of collective value. So there's an insight in there where other people say, "That makes sense to me." So they keep telling the stories again and again. So it's not just a personal uh, mythology, Stanley Kirpner talks about personal mythology, but a mythology that has meaning beyond the personal and speaks to a group or parts of a a, a group. Yes. So now where do these stories come from? They are not fantasized. I make a distinction between fantasy and imagination. So fantasy is when we're not connected fantasy are when we're in a dissociative state imagination is when our thinking and imagery is connected with our emotional brain Mm -hmm. and with our body our embodiment Mm -hmm. and um, that's um, you know where uh, that's uh, uh, mythology so when we want to renew mythology or think about the future of mythology, the only way to renew it is through our dreams Mm. and through uh, going to these edges of ourselves and coming back with stories that are, are meaningful and inspiring in that explain something, right? A story that explain, well, are we in a simulation or are we not in a simulation? Is this, are we in a progress model? Are we not? You know, what, what? So Mm -hmm. that deals with that. Yeah. And that profound encounter with the unconscious, with the deepest level of the unconscious, that's where the future uh, mythology can emerge. But part of that is also the work with the old mythology and see, you know, how can we carry that forward? What What comes up for that? And we need... Mythologies. To we need stories. We're storytellers. We need that, but we can't just make them up, you know. And it's nothing against fiction. Fiction is fantastic. Fiction is really important, right? But mythologies uh, carry uh, beyond that because they're so deeply uh, uh, connected. And very often, mythologies in traditional societies and indigenous societies are enacted. They're ritually enacted. They're performed. Um, they're embodied, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's about the the embodiment, and so the imagination, the mythic imagination of the Hopi look a little bit different from the mythic imagination to their neighboring Cochiti, right? Related, but yes, different. Yes. Yes. Similar environment, but different imagination, different performance, different practice.
0: So it could be fair to say that the future of mythology is something along the lines of creating stories that can uh, inspire further awakening and can, uh, sh- can show us in a very potentially succinct and beautiful and way that stays with us over generations that is fun to teach um, a way that uh, gets people to kind of realize i was kind of envisioning this as we were talking just this idea that as you move from maybe more rural tribal uh areas into more metropolises, concrete jungles you don't get to look at the stars right. you have right. there's light pollution so if you know you don't get to when you look at a tree you don't necessarily get to see the fruits of the tree and the roots of the tree and the way that the tree houses other insects and birds and it does photosynthesis you don't get to see that um but if you have the right glasses right if you have the right if you have the right vision you can actually see that if you're a wise person you can see that compared to when you're you know buying food at a grocery store you don't actually see the farm and how it happened so these are maybe the ways to communicate stories in myth that help us awaken more
1: Yes, and there uh, is also a necessity, clearly, and I don't know how they're going to come about for stories that facilitate change, because yeah. there there is seeing and understanding, and then there is changing our practices. You know, whether it's how we treat animals that end up at the butchers or whatever it is, or industrial agriculture. You know, you're again, I feel like so important.
0: I, I play a massive role in the future of telling stories that facilitate change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's yeah. one of my biggest feelings about my gifts and yeah i'm yeah. i'm very excited i think
1: you know these conversations are you know working on that story what is that story and part of that that's is exactly how do we right. get the story right you know, how, and and that's why it's so good, you know, when we come at it from different angles, we emphasize different things, but it's this search, you know, not just for words, but also for words that connect us in a a deeper way
0: with our being. And visuals, um, visuals. images, uh, videos that connect us deeper to our being and to each other. And so Um, you, you nailed it there that all of these conversations are exactly what's going into the stories that are being synthesized and disseminated. Um, I, I want to ask you about, um, your, um, your focus on, um, healing as well. Um, because we were listing, uh, the kind of some of these possible, uh, Ways of f- feelings of non separation um, helps us a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, other meditations or psychedelic entheogens or other feelings of belonging or aliveness, m- other modalities to solve some of the most complex um, uh, psychological sufferings. So, um, yeah. So what are your thoughts on like, on, you know, there's all these different types of uh, neurotechnological solutions around um, about uh, with, with brain stimulation. There's uh, there's lots of interesting biofeedback <laughs> mechanisms that can occur that can help people get away from suffering. How do you feel about the future of that for healing?
1: Well, uh, my first answer is whatever works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever uh, so, works.
1: You know, shamans are very pragmatic and, hopefully modern medicine is also mostly pragmatic and not just ideological and dogmatic right because at times western medicine works and at times it doesn't work at times a shamanic intervention works and at times it doesn't yes right yes. so part of that is actually getting a good differential diagnosis as, <laughs> as it were right so healing can happen in all kinds of ways um, the the way I look at healing, is you know, most healers, when you ask them, Well, how did you do the healing? a lot of them will say, I didn't do it. I was just the conduit.
0: I was the conduit. I was the, the channel. Right. Yeah. So,
1: part of, uh, you know, the way I understand that is that they offer their energies so that the person who wants the healing can trigger their self healer Mm. and that, you know, the the religious term for this is grace that grace can come in. Mm -hmm. So a healer opens Mm. the door Mm. and then um, something. There's an opportunity for something to happen. Yeah. And, you know, some see healers say, well, you know, I mean, um, rolling thunder is uh, one of the healers i knew and you know at times it wasn't right to do the healing right he couldn't see it right but at times also you know you have healers well where's the intention of the person right is the person going there has that will intention determination um you know yes and at times the person has the determination but it still has not happened grace is not there the the door is there but something is not right about it so you know uh i think as a healer one has the obligation to to create and make available whatever gifts the healer has make that energy available so that the person can reconstellate him or herself so you know you know about the strange attractor and mm. and, and that mm-hmm. pattern right so it's like uh, our habitual way of constructing ourselves as a particular pattern and the strange attractor is in a particular place so part of the work of the healer is to shift the strange attractor so that a different pattern can emerge or to create that opportunity uh for for that to happen
0: yeah so. yeah I love that i love that so so then it's up to our social fabric to design new ways to make it so that healing can more effectively occur growth conscious evolution can occur um yeah i mean ideally
1: if you know if anybody um you know has a serious illness serious suffering whether psychological or medical there is a team of people who works holistically with everything from Uh, whatever the biochemical analysis to uh, the psychological analysis you know and and uses different approaches and different ways of analyzing the situation we're so far away from it because we have this biomedical model that is so reductionistic that all we're doing is well let's analyze this and see what is the right drug well the drug may be absolutely the right thing to do but maybe not or it may be insufficient yeah and you know the the distinction between the symptom and the cause of the illness is also just really
0: uh important yes and a future that i love to think about is where just as frequently as you see the food in a metropolis where you see food everywhere there's food options on every corner why is there not growth and healing and conscious evolution options on every corner right that's a future that i love i love thinking about people like ori and other spiritual sages that can come and bring their gifts forth on the different corners of these areas and have students come and learn and grow and evolve uh, in that sort of feedback loop with the with the teacher one-on-one and that and that style actually doesn't even require sometimes oh we need to take a complete biometric readout of this person and and you know it it actually is just eye to eye face like we were been doing for the longest time Although you can gain gain great insights from biometrics, you could potentially complement them together. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely.
1: Yeah. 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 You see, I think good education is healing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, that's what education, you know, obviously we need to get information. We need to learn things that are cognitive, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a part where it should further the balancing and the integration of the person that should be healing. Um, and education is so far, yes. for the most part, there are yes. exceptions, as always. You know, we're yes. talking in broad generalities here. There are always uh, exceptions, but you know, so far away from that, why aren't schools using exactly. integrative states of consciousness? Yes, right. Yes, yes. a trance. You don't even need to talk about psychedelics or anything like no, that. No, no. I mean, no. there are very simple ways through art movement yes. drumming chanting etc yes, etc cetera, et cetera, yes. deep immersion in nature help in each other's and help eyes also yeah. with the integration and yeah. uh, that are not utilized you see from the youngest ages, w- yeah, need to be yeah. so w- one of the ways why i i realize why, why i'm always hesitant to say oh yeah the whatever ai or technology or will 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 do this for us right is that i think we actually know everything we need to know except we haven't figured out how to actually put it to use how to implement it yeah how to implement it there is so much that we actually already know, know yeah but we don't know how to use it for our balancing mm-hmm. on a social level on a cultural level, you know, we're and
0: there's old codes and incumbents that want to propagate the old archaic infrastructures yeah, yeah propagate yeah, them with yeah, greed and yeah. power. again, yeah, you know yeah. it
1: goes into profits and, sure and, I like and that
0: perspective that. though that um, we already know a lot there's of so much yeah right?
1: yeah you know? yeah. which isn't to say that it's easy to implement it, yeah it obviously isn't
0: yeah correct right. it's it's hard how do you uh, how do you take yeah. what is happening in the indigenous um yeah. cultures and bring that into metropolises yeah. uh yeah, yeah yeah good luck yeah. yeah and we also know like self-love
1: and self-compassion is critical for happiness right it's not an easy yeah. practice right it's critical do we forgive ourselves for our mistakes when we lose it when we're yeah. flawed and, and, all all flawed, that, right? and
0: apologize, and, and not uh, an easy practice. Yeah, right. And say that yeah. I want to grow and become better. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's so yeah. important. Yeah. Um, you teach in a in a way that I think is really interesting. On some of the final points here, you teach in a way that incorporates um, modern day like movies into your teaching like you like is this right you'll show like a scene in a modern day movie like mm-hmm. a Harry Potter and then you'll work with your class on indicating the uh, the dynamics of interconnectedness uh-huh, with e- uh-huh. with other people and their environment and
1: yeah yeah i think um you see information is is really easy it's the integration of the information that's difficult yes right so in my teaching what I'm trying to do is have the information easily accessible right but really like in the class work on the integration and movies are one of the powerful ways of doing it like right now um, I'm, I'm using a movie which is initially students really kind of freak out because it's an Ingmar Bergman movie and it's subtitled and it's in black and white, right? So three strikes against it, right? (laughs) And it's the movie wild strawberries, which um, can be used to illustrate developmental phases in human development. Right. And it's a beautifully done movie and students always get into it. Mm. Right. They always say, Oh, I would have never watched this movie on my own and i'm glad that you actually made us watch it right Mm -hmm. because the power of the story the power of the visuals uh you know and uh bergman has such deep psychological insights um you know it works and it works in a kind of holistic way that um you know just talking about the developmental phases just doesn't do it quite in the same way so that that's an example I show another movie that's uh, actually it's a documentary it's called Hadak uh, well sorry no that's the horse boy I also show Hadak which is a very interesting movie it's a Mongolian movie mm. about um, a child who has unusual experiences he goes Mm. into what looks like epileptic seizures but he's really called to be a shaman a healer Mm. and he refuses the gift right Mm. because of the soviet rule Mm. you know um shamanism was really repressed and shamans were persecuted so there was nobody to guide him right Mm. so but it gives a visual experience of the challenges and the opportunities, and in Horse Boy," it's actually a movie showing how an autistic child gets better and functions better because of shamanic experiences in yeah. Mongolia yeah so
0: i love this style of of teaching and for, tr- for students learning where it helps them with the efficacy of, of landing the teachings and integrating it for them right. what's the greatest level of efficacy that a teacher can have with their students that's a big question or on the content on the memes that are delivered right. on the visuals and videos to make them most um efficient
1: well, the most important part is to be, for the teacher, I think, to be present to the students. Make yourself present to the students. Like, we were out of school for a week because of the fires in Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. Well, on Tuesday, I'm not just going to start class
0: like normal.
1: Like normal, yeah. right? Or who's I'm,
0: okay? What's well, what's going on? So yeah.
1: I yeah. allow them to check in. Yes and address whatever the issues the are they all have different experiences At home with
0: their families yeah right yeah and some air quality all the
1: stuff, stuff right yeah and because we had a fire a major fire two years ago this also has been triggering for students um because you know that was a major uh, yeah, disaster yeah. yeah you know so when you start there and see where your students are at at, then you help the integration yeah 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 agreed it's really important
0: yeah you know where they're at in their process um okay the couple quick questions that we like asking on the way out the first question is do you what do you think of this statement Humanity is a biological bootloader for digital superintelligence.
1: I don't care for it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I think, you know, again, we talked about it earlier. You know, is this just a way of rationalizing our dissociation or is there actually something in there or what are we actually learning from it right now I I, am on the on the negative side of the equation so to speak because I don't see us as having the capacity yet to see these things as tools and not as all consuming and addictive and all of that you know so um um it's almost like I'm not ready to talk about it because People should know how they survive out there in those hills right. <laughs> for two weeks. And then we can talk about it. Right? Because
0: then we're more um, ethically and philosophically, morally, we are present. spiritually present to what we're building. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, then like, let's talk like, about like, it. And then let's talk about it. Yeah. I like, I like this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about um, what has been one of your, if not the deepest, uh, Feeling that you've had uh, while being immersed in creation here—the
1: deepest feeling. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I think uh, the deepest feeling, probably for me, was um, being able to go to the source of creation and um, messing with my DNA code. How's that?
0: Mm. And how? How?
1: (laughs) How? I turned into a lizard and started to go there.
0: What does that mean?
1: (laughs) So there was an integrative state of consciousness where I went profoundly into my own programming and um, looked at it. And was able to be aware of it and had the experience of being able to do something about it. Which, by the way, biological research now shows that octopuses, which are amazing beings, they can change the RNA.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is extraordinary, right? Yeah. So, But I think uh, for for me, that was a profound experience because it showed me how deep we can go inside of ourselves. And it was really, you know, uh, when you go really deep inside, you really go deep outside. I mean, it's like inside, outside, you know, become very different in relation. Uh, You know, you go to some, in this case, basic structures.
0: I'm just imagining you going deep into that uh, and just Mm -hmm. reading the code. (laughs) and then just like you know reprogramming what yeah yeah that's such an important deep surgical process into one's psyche to be more aligned with the interconnectedness and their divine purpose Yeah. yeah yeah um how about do you think we're in a simulation
1: if i were wanted to be flippant i would say who cares why do you care so uh but a more serious answer is it makes no difference right i still need to balance myself i still need to be ethical i still need to um you know lead my life in the balanced creative way that i'm looking for it makes no difference for that so um it it doesn't change anything that i'm doing and again It's a point where I can go and lose myself in these deliberations. while in fact, it would be much better to smell a flower.
0: Mm, Interesting. So focusing on the inner engineering and going through that process and the the interconnected engineering uh, and experience is really profoundly important. And then also while doing that, I found the thought experiments of simulation to be extremely important for my understanding of all of the potentials that may be uh, and that us as also potential creators of in the future quadrillions of these simulations um, and watching them grow as either petri dishes or making interventions along the way uh, and seeing what flourishes from that i think will give us deeper insight about who we are where we came from that type of stuff
1: so uh, i don't know if this is how you understand simulation but if you understand simulation as imagination Mm. Mm -hmm. then i can relate to it because for me imagination is a process that is profoundly connected within myself Mm -hmm. right and if 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 that's what we're talking about then i could say well the hopi are a particular cultural simulation the old norse were a particular cultural simulation Mm -hmm. the whatever right Mm -hmm. And our modern society is
0: a particular cultural mm-hmm. uh, simulation,
1: mm-hmm. um, but
0: um, the subcultures are but simulations, yeah, realities Yeah,
1: yeah. But for for me, you see, um, the, the the you know this uh, what Einstein talks about the delusion of disconnection. That for me is always the sort of the testing point, and if my simulation emerges from an interconnectedness uh then it has a different quality than just a mind game there's nothing wrong with mind games there can be entertaining and all of that fair yeah but um really if it's sort of without a body so to speak then, yeah yeah uh there's something missing so yeah for me when you go into that place then gets interesting
0: yeah feel the interconnectedness and then get to your yeah Yeah. your yeah yeah, Yeah. next step last question what do you think is the most beautiful thing in creation well
1: um, I I just listened to Charles Eisenstein before and he said you know the birth of his daughters I think Mm -hmm. Uh, the birth of my daughter was definitely um, you know extraordinary but uh for me just like watching a plant sprout is just magical
0: that's just like your daughter in a sense is your plant sprouting as well i mean it's just
1: extraordinary right yeah or you have a seed right and you put that seed into the dirt yes and then something happens right and you go how or you know the butterfly, or whatever you know, yes. these these transformations that are, you know, we can explain a lot of it, but we don't understand a lot of it.
0: Right? The flowering of consciousness, yes, yeah, you know. So, yeah. Ori had that yesterday too. The flowering of, of consciousness. consciousness. I love yeah. it. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And collectively as well, the collective flowering, too. Yeah. Yeah. i love that as beauty as beauty as the most beautiful thing yeah yeah i just yeah. uh
1: planted these saffron crocuses to grow saffron and yeah they're just coming up
0: and it's Ooh.
1: just you know yeah out of this world yes yes yeah. Yeah.
0: to have that amount of devotion to some of the most simple yeah. things yeah. is yeah. crucial yeah, yeah. And, and yet most complex things as well. Yeah,
1: yeah but that's yeah. presence and interconnection, right? Yes. That's a connected self.
0: That is. You know. Yes.
1: That's a non dissociated self when we go there. And I don't claim not to be normatively dissociated because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm part of our pathology, you know. But um, you know
0: Likewise in many ways and also trying to heal us it. and move yeah. us uh, yeah. in the yeah, yeah. 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 Jurgen, I must say that This has been one of my favorite conversations and I look forward to rewatching this episode and taking notes um, Uh because there have been a lot of profound realizations for me and that I now need to um, go and and, uh, re-listen to and write down. This has been so enlightening. Thank you for coming on the show. Very welcome. Thank Thank you you
1: for having me and I really enjoyed our
0: conversation. Thanks. Thanks for all your great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Let us know what you're thinking. Have more conversations with your friends, families, coworkers, people online about the topics that we talked about on the show, about the fallacious self, about ethno autobiography, about the optical delusion of separateness, about the recovery of the indigenous mind, about abnormal s- psychology, the future of mythology, all of these topics. And let us know your thoughts in the comments below on them. Check out the link in the bio below to Jürgen and his work. Check those out, check out his books, check out those links, everyone. Thank you to Ori Shapira for co-producing. Thank you very much, Ori and also support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the leaders, the spiritual sages in your communities that you believe in. Support them. Support the ones around the world also. Help them grow. You can find our links below to our show, and you can support us. Your donations to simulation mean the world to helping us flower. Thank you. Thank you. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Peace.